I grew up in the church and loved my childhood and teenage years. But when I hit uni, I started asking some bigger questions. At about 20, I attended a conference that really opened my eyes to the depth and breadth of what it meant to be a person of faith. It was at that conference that I met Jules. She's like an older version of me, so now I always call her when I want to process things of faith, vocation, and boys. I kind of get her advice, but I'm pretty sure she learns a few things from me too. That's true. A few people commented on how they love to eavesdrop on our conversations. So like a true millennial, I decided to make a podcast documenting my journey about what it means to be a woman of faith in the 21st century. I'm Grace Bucknell, and this is neither Mary nor Martha. Welcome to the third episode of Neither Mary Nor Martha. Things are going well, aren't they? Third already. Goodness I know. me. We, we're well into it now, and I am loving it. I haven't actually seen you since last week when I was at your house watching you and Sam make, your, <laughs> make a cake for your son. Which, yes. Wow. That was that was an experience. I've actually I've yep. seen the cakes, but I've never seen behind the scenes. <laughs> We've got a bit of a tradition in our family. We are... Um, Sam and I stay up until all hours making some elaborate cake for the children the night before their birthday party and they go to bed not knowing what it's going to be and the first thing they do when they wake up in the morning is um, they're not allowed to go out and see the cake without us because we're all like, if I've been up till 2.30 making this cake, (laughs) I would need to see the look on your face. And so, yeah, they come into our bedroom and then we wait for like all the kids to wake up and then they march out with their eyes closed and and then open, you know, the the cake is revealed to them. So yes, we had Benji's birthday party. Did it go, did the cake go well? Because I left when it wasn't finished and I left when things were pretty grim. Like, <laughs> I know that, but I just remember Sam being like, it's not, I don't have good feeling about that. He goes through that, sta- he goes through that stage every time. It was a roller coaster. Oh, yeah, Jules, I, think, I, I don't think we're going to make this one. I don't think. <laughs> there's, a, there's a picture that he loves that he found online of a cake that was just like done in kind of buttercream icing through a, through a, um, a piping, mm. <laughs> like a piping thing that just says, um, it's 10.30, I'm tired, here's your cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I left at like 11 or 11.30 and, and we, were, we still were still going. Still going. Yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't too much later than that, but yeah, we it, the cake was a Lego cake. And the Lego chocolate was the The Lego chocolate cool. saved the day. Yeah. <laughs> because, well, I should put a photo of this on. Yeah, on, um, we'll, we'll put it on Instagram. Instagram, Because yeah. now we have to, everyone will want to <laughs> see it. It was like, the, the main cake was like a Lego block, Um and with Oreos as it's like the little things on the top. What do you yeah. call those? The little uh, dimples or I don't know. Uh, what you, no, they're not dimples. They're the opposite like, of dimples. Uh, uh, Sam called them nubbins. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a Friends, Friends fan, <laughs> you will understand <laughs> that reference. <laughs> uh, whatever they are, they were done on the cake out of Oreos. And so he right. was using buttercream. It's the middle of summer, yeah. really hot, and everything was looking very messy. And so we were, we we also made, got a, um, a Lego block mould, chocolate mould, and we we coloured white chocolate to be red and green and yellow, all the mm. traditional Lego kind colours. of Lego colours, and um, and popped out heaps of those. And we basically just did like a waterfall <laughs> of these blocks. And the kids thought it was awesome. That's so, great. That's what you want in the end. Yeah. Well, yes. So when's the next? When's the next birthday? The next birthday is June. Okay. Well, you know, just 
be safe. Um, and I won't I won't be there, but I look forward to seeing the finished product. You can see the photos, yeah. Right. Anyway. Let's get into the topic of this episode, which is scripture. Something that is very important to us yeah. as Christians and a tiny little yeah. tiny little topic for this episode. Something that I think we uh is it's pretty big and difficult and hard and scary and it's not the easiest thing be. to read, and I think we actually just need to spend some time figuring out why it's important, how we read it, how we engage with it. So let's kick into why scripture is important. Why do we need to read it? Okay. So let's you know, kick into that. <laughs> you just give me your wisdom. <laughs> um, I think. Um, why is scripture important? It, it is important. I think when we talked about um, different spiritual disciplines and spiritual practices in a previous episode, um, and we talked about the the variety of things that you can do in order to engage with God and mm. be formed by him, um, what we I'm not sure if we did mention this, but one of the things you really need to be doing is being somehow in scripture. Yeah. That's not an optional spiritual discipline. It's not really. It yeah. kind of it's yeah, it, it is it's what we have. Um, yeah. and some of the reasons are well the first reason is that it aligns us with truth. Mm-hmm. Um it's our it's our framework. It's what we can come back to all of the time yeah. um to understand what it what is actually true. Mm-hmm. And um like we were talking about being formed by the culture around us. We can be we can be formed and shaped in so many ways through the other things that we engage with in culture yeah. that um, we've got to have something that we come back to that that is that is pointing us to true north mm, and is inspired by God and is inspired by which God, which is why it's, we believe that it's true. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is that it puts us in the bigger story, and we talked about that a little bit. Um, the importance of realizing that we're not um, the center of everything, even our our. Our culture and our time in history is not the be-all and yeah. end-all, but that actually we are a part of a big story mm. and um, it's important to know where we sit in that story. Yeah, and gives us perspective. Gives us perspective. On our lives, yeah. Kind of gives us a lens in which we can view our life through yes. as well. Um, the other thing would be that it's relational. It is it is a living word, um, and that God speaks to us through Scripture. That it's it says in um, the Jesus Storybook Bible that I read to my children that this is God's love letter to us. It's mm. his it's his way of um, communi- communicating to us and to Christians throughout um, all time. And our main way of learning about who Jesus is. Totally, yeah, it goes both ways. And. You know, if we're called to become more like him, we need to know who he was, yes. who he is. Yeah. The other thing is that it actually um, corrects us. It, it, it actually guides mm. us and corrects us. And it's a transformational mm. thing. It transforms us. So we learn information through reading it. But actually, the major thing is that it, it transforms us. Yeah, there's a verse, um, actually, that, sums that up. Funnily enough, we can go to the Bible to learn about why we should read the Bible. <laughs> uh, it's a verse in Hebrews 4 verse 12. I'm just pulling it up now. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. There you go. 
We should well, have just we gone. Just, we can just stop now, maybe. <laughs> Um, and so I guess, like, in saying all of that, it's also um, you you do need to be taught and shown how to read Scripture well. Mm. You've got to understand um, a few basic things before you really embark on it because otherwise things can get twisted mm. um, and you can misunderstand what you're reading. Yeah. So? So we have a couple of really great uh Little stories, I guess, that help illustrate why it's important to understand scripture well. Yes. So I'm going to read one, and in particular, the big, the the big story of scripture. Yeah. So yeah. understanding the beginning, the middle, the end, where we're going, where we've been, where we are at the moment. Um, understanding that is really important, and so yeah, Grace has got a great story for it. So settle in, make yourself comfortable, and have a listen to this. The Bambuti people live in the dense forested valleys of the northeastern Congo in Africa. Their history is marked by geographical and cultural isolation, and their way of life, like their language, is deeply shaped by their forest home. In the 1950s, a British anthropologist studying their culture and lifestyle formed a friendship with a Bambuti tribesman called Kingi, who began to accompany him on his expeditions. Like most Bambuti, Kingi had never before left the confines of the forest. It was on one of these journeys that the anthropologist invited Kingi to accompany him onto the plains. As they drove out of the forest into grassland, Kingi was speechless. His language gave him no words to describe a land where you could see for miles around with no trees. Pointing to a herd of buffalo far in the distance, Kingi asked what kind of insects they were. Perplexed, the anthropologist explained that these were buffalo, a common sight to the Bambuti, but that they appeared smaller because of the distance. Kingi's reaction left no doubt that he thought this was nonsense, but when they drove closer, he saw that the anthropologist was right. Having never seen an object at a distance, he had no expectation that distance makes things look smaller. What witchcraft had made such small buffalo grow larger as they approached? Insects and buffalo, anthropologists and tribesmen. So much of what we know depends on how we view the world. Isn't that an amazing story? I love it. I I really love it. And it it says later um, in the book that his misunderstanding was an issue of worldview, a uniquely human problem that also affected the anthropologist and affects every human being of every culture. Mm. We are strange creatures. We aren't born with an innate understanding of what life is about. We have to learn and we have to kind of put ourselves in the positions where we can see things more clearly. Mm. I just I think that sums up why why we need to step back and look at the bigger picture so yep. well. But you also have another little Yeah, there's analogy. another one that is in um, the beginning of a book called The Drama of Scripture, which I would highly recommend for getting a good um, explanation of the, the big narrative, the big story. Mm. Um, he talks about six blind men who come along and, um, and touch an elephant for the first time. And then each of them describe what an elephant is like. Mm. So one of them has touched the elephant's leg and he says, oh, an elephant is like a tree trunk. And the next one says, no, 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 he's touching the elephant's the side of his body. And he says, no, no, an elephant is like a big, strong wall. And another man has touched the elephant's trunk and says, no, an elephant is like a snake. Mm. Another one touches 
the ears and says, no, an elephant is like a big fan. Another one touches the tail and is like, no, an elephant is like a rope. And I guess the the point is that none of these men are wrong. No. They've all just come and seen a close-up um, version or a close-up part of the elephant. But none of them have given us a full description of what an elephant is actually like. And so mm. we don't, through listening to any of them, understand what an elephant is. No. But if you step back and you're able to... Um, see the bigger picture, Mm. um, you obviously get an understanding of what this elephant is like. And so at the beginning of the drama of scripture, um, he's telling that story and saying it's important for us to look at all of these details and know the story of Jonah and the whale and Mm. know the story of um, Jesus turning the water into wine. But if you don't step back and see the full picture and understand the big narrative of scripture Mm. and how it all works together, how it all fits together, when when the story of Jonah and the whale occurred and which part of the story and which part of the story did Jesus turn water into wine, um, we actually don't get a full picture of the story mm. and the, uh, the, that we are a part of and that shapes our worldview. Yeah, and I think uh, it's it's been illuminated to me as to how important this is just through one example when I was able to step back and was taught about the bigger narrative and I got to understand more about the Israelites and the journey that they were on throughout the Old Testament and understood how what they were longing for, what they were waiting for, how long they were waiting. Mm. And once I really understood that and then got to... Jesus showing up as a baby, I was able to understand just how unexpected that was and how shocking and earth shattering and just like that is not they were after this massive king who was going to just come in and rule everything. And then Jesus came as a baby, subverted all their expectations and was completely countercultural in every moment. Mm. And that helped me understand why people responded to him the way that they did. And not only that. So it helped me understand the Bible in that way and the story in that way. And then I take another step and it helps me understand God in a, in a new way. Yes. That and would, understand that, that his faithfulness that. Yeah. is unexpected. And yep. understand that in the way that I'm living and what I'm expecting God to do in my life and the ways that he might answer prayers or move may not be the way that I'm expecting and what I'm hoping for and longing for, but it's still an answer. Yeah. And it's still God moving. Actually, more often than not, it's, yeah. it is, it's from the side. He oh, hits you. It's yeah, like, and you're like, hang on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so I would I never actually, have. That. Oh, same. And and the afterwards, when you've realised what's happened, it's like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. God moved in that way. But I never would have uh, known that about God and been able to apply that to my life in that way mm. if I hadn't learnt it through realising the bigger, the bigger narrative. Story. Yeah. So that was really that was really important for me. And there's heaps of examples throughout um, Scripture of why it's important to see the bigger picture. Right. Yeah, another thing that I have really noticed um, in actually just talking with other people is that your understanding of the end of the story Mm. very much affects the way that you live your life today. Yeah. So if your understanding is that we are all going to be raptured and that the earth will be destroyed, then 
recycling <laughs> or Doesn't clearing really composting, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, limiting the amount of plastic that we use, um, that stuff doesn't really matter. But if your understanding is that the, the end of the story is that Jesus returns mm. and that we are, that he he redeems all things and um, and doesn't give up on his creation. Mm. Um, that we are living in the new heavens and new earth. Then actually, the way that we behave in those ways now really matters. What we do carries through in some way. What we do has mm. eternal value. Or, yeah. Um, et- eternal consequences. Yeah. yeah. These things are really important. Yeah. And. And there's so many things along the way that are going to affect how we live today Mm. and how we, because if we're using scripture as our source of truth and our way of uh, guidance and a way to gain correction and a way to look at our lives, if we're not seeing it for what it is, then we're going to end up so misled, and that's when it's that's when it gets used against people, and it gets and it gets you interpreted wrongly, and all mm. of those sort of things. So it's just really, really important. Now, the the difficulty is that the the way that we've got the Bible today is not really shaped to be read from beginning to end no. in order to get a picture of that story. Mm. And so there are some great resources um, that we can recommend that will give you that that framework so that when you are reading um reading scripture you're able to go oh this is in um the period of Jesus's life or this is in the period of um mm. the the Israel the story of the Israelites and uh you know whatever it might be so one of those resources is um Grace has got in her hand right yes, now yes i'm just flicking through it it's the insect and the buffalo how the story of the bible changes everything and it helps you read it uh kind of in in the order that it was supposed to be and in the, with the narrative in mind. Yeah. It's not just from Genesis to Revelation in the way that the books the books were. And also uh, how Jesus is central to all of it right. and how we can see Jesus in the Old Testament and all of that as well. And so another great resource for that is actually a children's Bible. Mm. But there's no I, – I get a lot out. Actually, I was talking to my friend Donald the other day and he was saying that he was reading one of the – one of the chapters from this book, the Jesus Storybook Bible, to mm. his three-year-old and weeping because he was just like it. Just the the the, you know, when, especially when you're when you are immersed in that full story and you feel the weight of what life was like before mm. Jesus came along. Then you're reading the story of God turning up as this small baby, and it's just it's just like yeah, it's it's full on. Yeah, so he was just is. weeping, which yeah. is quite beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Jesus Storybook Bible is great, and it also at the end of each of those chapters, each of those stories, it connects back to Jesus. Mm. Um, the other one is um, the one that I was talking about just before, The Drama of Scripture. Yep. is a fantastic book. But then if we've kind of got the full story in our heads, which I think is the beginning point. Yeah, and um, just to point out um, as an aside, we are here to kind of say, look how much is out there, go and find it. So unfortunately, we can't sit here and take take you through the whole story. And we're not going to go into where Jesus is and into the theology of it all and all of that. But we do want to just kind of almost set a little 
flame in you that wants to grow and so that you will go and you will use these resources and hopefully something that we say here will help start that journey for you if you aren't on it or if you are on it help you continue on feel encouraged in keep, that keep going yeah, yeah. Um, and so once we have got that that bigger story um, yeah. so once you've you've read through one at some of those resources then the other thing that is really important when reading scripture is understanding genre yes and context Thank you, my two favourite things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And a great book for that, which I'm really excited about, um, I came across last year. It's done, um, been put out by the Bible Society, and it's called The Field Guide to the Bible. Making some sense of an ancient book with really tiny font. (laughs) (laughs) And that is what it feels like a lot of the time. It does. It can feel really overwhelming. Um, but basically, it, it explains that there are multiple genres of writing in the mm-hmm. Bible. Um, I'm just going to find for you the list of all the different genres, if I can. So here we go. Some of the genres are historical narrative, law, prophecy, apocalyptic, which is like prophetic writings, um, poetry, songs, wisdom, the gospels, and the letters that have been written. So if you're um, entering in and reading a letter that Paul has written to the Romans Mm. and reading it um, and and getting and not understanding that that's a letter and it's not like poetry, poetry, (laughs) then you're not going to get out of it what was intended. Yeah. Um, And the context is important. So context is really important for the letters. So who was he writing to? What was life like for them? mm. What was life like for Paul? What situation was he writing from? That helps us understand so much more. And that helps us uh, kind of fit ourselves into it as well, because we see the differences between their cultural context and ours. And and we can see how how we can learn from Paul's writings as well. Mm. Is there anything else around there that you're thinking we should mention? Around genres. Yeah, and context. So you wanna no, I don't I don't think so. But I think it's the genre thing was a massive was a massive thing for me in in, realize, in reading scripture. And it's something I think you have to remind yourself of all the time. Because when when it's it's hard when you're just trying to read and you're trying to like get your little devotional plan sorted and you wanna be disciplined and you wanna read every day and you kinda have to put yourself in Remind yourself, okay, where am I reading? What genre is this? How put that lens on? Okay, yeah. now let's go. Yeah. So I think it's it changes everything. It's a really simple, easy tool to learn what the genres are that will could actually open up heaps more in yep. your reading and help you understand things a lot more. That's right. If you're going into something, um, if you're, you know, even <laughs> opening your um, opening your book at a random, uh, opening your Bible at a random page and reading or just deciding that you're going to read Hosea yeah. or you're going to read all of Matthew, then to be able to go, okay, in the bigger picture, Matthew fits well, Matthew's an obvious one because it's about Jesus, but yeah. Matthew fits but, at that point yeah. when Jesus Christ was born. Mm-hmm. And um and so what kind of what kind of writing is it? What kind of genre? It's a gospel. So the four gospels are accounts of Jesus's life, death and resurrection. The gospel means good news. So reading mm. that from that approach. Yeah. But then switching if you're going to go back and read Genesis or or um, Daniel or Revelation. Yeah, and that like, you're, you actually need to switch and understand that you're reading a different book and yeah. it has a different genre. Yeah. Um, Another thing that is important, which I think kind of brings us on to our next point of 
um, ways of engaging with the Bible is understanding that a lot of these were um, were an oral tradition. And so they weren't read, they were heard. And that changes things too. And I think that changes how we understand it because people heard it and they were swept up in the in story. The story. Mm-hmm. And I really, um, just as I said, swept up in the story, it reminded me of something that Tom Wright once said. We all love Tom Wright here. Um, <laughs> we do. And he was talking about the drama of scripture, like that book, and how we can get so bogged down by reading just these little parts and it's there's so many different ways of reading it which we'll go into so reading little parts and little sections is really good but sometimes it's good to just get swept up in it and read the whole sweep of scripture and you're not going to remember it all and you might not necessarily uh, get some practical wisdom for your life from it and you might not learn anything really about Jesus and you might not get that much out of it but you'll be affected by it and you'll be swept up in the narrative and he uses it with the analogy of an orchestra and he was saying you don't just go uh, so say that, that the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra is playing one of a Mozart's uh, suites or symphonies or whatever you call them you don't just go and go for half an hour and go I'll just come back tomorrow and get the next half an hour because I really want to just remember that first half an hour and I want to make sure I've got all the bits right and I've understood it all. You go and you listen for two hours. You don't remember the details, but you're affected by it. You were swept up in the music. Mm. Your emotions were affected. Your mind was affected. You were taken into this other place and you carry something of that with you when you leave. And it's the same with when you just sit down and read all of one book or you go back and you read like the the Jesus storybook bible and you just read through a narrative and yeah. it's it's not it might not be scripture as it was originally intended or anything like that but it helps you get into the story and brings in a love for the story i mm. think that's what i've found it does mm, that's great yeah so that's one way i've one engaged, way with, engaging, with, yeah. with scripture and just to keep on the tom wright thing um, <laughs> one way i mean this is this is almost the sole way that i read scripture or well, not quite but um I there's a Tom Wright has um, put out a series called the For Everyone series, and mm. it's basically it's the New Testament for everyone. And then John Golden Gay has done the Old Testament, and it's basically it's a um, it's a commentary, but it's just written in such a conversational yeah. way. So I read a chapter of um, oh, it's not even necessarily a chapter. Sometimes it's just a, a, a chunk, a section um, of scripture, and then after that, it's got Tom Wright's reflections on it. Mm. That's what got me through my theology. Papers <laughs> as oh, the, reading as reading those things, yeah. helping him, getting him to help me understand what I yes, was reading. He's so he's so great. He writes mm. in such an easy to read way, and I feel like I have had a conversation with him and engaged in the scripture that I've just read a little more deeply than what I mm. would have on my own. Yeah. Um. So that's another way is getting a commentary like that. Those ones I highly recommend. Um, but then also, I know you and I both um, have got Seeking God's Face, which is a daily devotional. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's actually the only daily devotional that I have stuck with of all the devotionals you know, I've tried. Yeah. Well, same. I guess I, it's, I'm still reading it mm. a couple of two or three years later. Mm. Um, so it goes through the liturgical calendar. So at the moment... Um, 
at the moment we've started Lent. Yep. At the time of recording. At the time of recording, <laughs> we have we have started Lent, and so it's taking through some taking us through some readings for that. But it basically um, it gives you um, a an invitation, which is a uh, taken from scripture. So the one that I've just opened to here says, "The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love." Um, and then it, it that invitation sticks around for about a week. I think you read yeah, that every for a day. Week. And then it's got a little bit of a psalm, and then it's got a Bible reading, and it tells you to just read that slowly and then go back and, and find a word or a phrase that catches your eye. Mm. Then it gives you some things to pray for, but then it also gives you a um, a written prayer, which I, I really like. The amount of those written prayers that I've written out myself oh. in my journal because I'm like, I need to get that in my brain more. <laughs> yeah. I do exactly the same thing. I feel like I want a bunch of them up on my wall so I can just yeah. see them all of the time. Other people's words as a way of engaging with scripture. A hundred percent. So good. Yeah. And something that I think we've lost culturally within mm. in our churches. I think um I think there's a little bit of um we look down at that a little bit, but yeah. there's there's no there is no harm in reading other people's words and relating to that, yep. and reading other people's prayers and mm. praying through praying with the people yeah. who have had this faith throughout history. Yeah, that's there's, really powerful. It feels powerful. Mm. Yeah, another way of engaging is memorizing scripture. Mm. That is another incredibly uh, formative way because it sinks in. It's in your mind. It's there at any moment to grab hold of, to call to mind when you're in the middle of something and it does actually change your brain so we'll get into that at another time but that one I think that's been really really important for me mm. over my life neural pathways yeah we can have that conversation Just you white people <laughs> <laughs> um, then there's um, listening to scripture you can get the bible on audio mm-hmm. reading um, aloud with with other people um, yeah, reading it with friends, um, doing like a character or theme study, so oh, looking yeah, for things or a throughout. Word study, yeah. Um, copying it out, which is what I do a lot in my Same. journal. Um, just getting outside, walking around, or sitting somewhere and reflecting or praying, mm. um, praying one small piece of scripture, which yeah. I guess is also adding to the memorization. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there's a variety of ways of engaging with scripture, but I guess the point that we're making is that you just need to be doing it yeah. in and some way. I guess the reason we're highlighting all these different ways is because it's easy to feel discouraged when you just kind of sit down in the morning and you read through something and you're like, oh, what? what was the point? And doing that because it is hard and we're not we're not denying that it is hard to read. So but there are these ways of engaging with it and it's so worth trying them out and 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 trying different ways of getting it to really sink into your heart and your mind. And remembering that you've got a long term picture in mind. Mm. You're not necessarily reading. I mean, a lot of people do talk about how they they need to read God's word to get them through the day. Um I don't feel like that. Mm. I feel like I am reading God's word because I I know that it's good. Mm. And long term, I want that to be the thing that is shaping me. When yeah. I'm in my 60s and 70s, I want people to be able to look at my life and see that it's been formed and shaped. And to be able to know, know it so well by that time as well. Right. And like, it, 
I, I see people, I'm like, I want to be be able to just call any verse to mind at any moment and be able to understand this, be able to go, oh, well, that is like that story in scripture, which links to that story. And that only comes from a life that is dedicated to learning and knowing and reading scripture. Yes. And you can't be that person at 22. No. <laughs> and so, but but you can be starting to form the building blocks to being yep. that person. Yeah. So we, we did think that we would finish um, today's episode with the optional participation <laughs> in a Lectio Divina. Optional which, but highly encouraged. <laughs> so um, Lectio Divina means divine reading. Um, and basically it is a way of engaging with scripture, often done in a group setting, where somebody will read a passage out loud a few times quite slowly and you're encouraged to listen for any words or phrases that stand out to you. And then after each reading, you have a moment of silence to just let that sit. And then you think about what those words were, what those thoughts were that stood out to you, and where does that connect with your life at the moment? You pray, and then you have a think about what that means for you. So what? How is this going to affect your life? So how about we sign off here Yeah, and yeah. then we will add this extra optional thing that you can listen to because it may not be a good time for you to do it right now. Mm. Um, if you're driving along in the car, you might want to be somewhere quiet where you have got your journal and you can jot things down if you're a journaler. We will uh, link all of the books that we have mentioned in today's episode uh, on social media and just highly recommend that you get hold of at least one of them and also do this with people. Scripture was meant to be read in community as well. Mm. It was not meant to be taken by yourself in your room, especially when it was an oral tradition and you're sitting in a probably a house full of people in a house church. I know. I, lo- I love thinking about like the 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 idea of kind of everyone sitting around mm. feasting, yeah. eating together, and sharing in that and telling the stories yeah. of of our past of our people. Yeah, and there's no way that we can't do that now. It's true. So go out and read it and love it and learn all about it. And if you're interested, definitely listen to the Lectio Divina and just let that be a practice that you can engage with in your daily time with Scripture. 